Book 13. Battling for the Ships But once Zeus had driven Hector and Hector's Trojans hard against the ships, he left both armies there, milling among the hulls to bear the brunt and wrenching work of war, no end in sight. While Zeus himself, his shining eyes turned north, gazed a world away to the land of Thracian horsemen, the mission fighters hand to hand, and the lordly Hippomolgi, who drink the milk of mares, and the Abii, most decent men alive. But not a moment more would he turn his shining eyes to Troy. Zeus never dreamed in his heart a single deathless god would go to war for Troy or Achaea's forces now. But the mighty god of earthquakes was not blind. He kept his watch, enthralled by the rush of battle, aloft the summit of timbered Samos facing Thrace. From there the entire Ida Ridge swung clear in view, the city of Priam clear in the warships of Achaea. Climbing out of the breakers, there Poseidon sat, and pitied the Argives, beaten down by the Trojan troops, and his turning outrage rose against the father. Suddenly down from the mountains, rocky crags, Poseidon stormed with giant lightning strides, and the looming peaks and tall timber quaked beneath his immortal feet as the sea lords surged on. Three great strides he took, on the fourth he reached his goal. E.G. Port, where his famous halls are built in the green depths, the shimmering golden halls of the god that stand forever. Down Poseidon dove and yoked his bronze-toofed horses onto his battle car, his pair that raced the wind with their golden manes streaming on behind them, and strapping the golden arm around his body, seized his whip that coils lithe and gold, and boarded his chariot, launching up and out, skimming the waves, and over the swells they came, dolphins leaving their lairs to sport across his wake, leaping left and right, while they knew their lord. And the sea heaved in joy, cleaving a path for him, and the team flew on in a blurring burst of speed. The bronze axle under the war-car never flecked with foam, the stallions vaulting, speeding Poseidon towards Achaea's fleet. There is a vast cave down the dark-sounding depths, mid-sea, between Tenedos and Imbros's rugged cliffs, here the god of the earthquake drove his horses down. He set them free of the yoke and flung before them heaps of ambrosia, fire for them to graze. Round their hoofs he looped the golden hobbles, never broken, never slipped, so there they'd stand stock still on the spot to wait their lord's return, and off Poseidon strode to Achaea's vast encampment. But the Trojans swarmed like flame, like a whirlwind, following Hector, son of Priam, blazing on non-stop, their war cries shattering crying as one man, their hopes soaring to take the Argive's ships and slaughter all their best against the hulls. But the ocean king, who grips and shakes the earth, rising up from the offshore swell, urged the Archives, taking the build and tireless voice of Calchas. First the god commanded the great and little Ajax, hungry for war as both men were already. Ajax, Ajax, both of you fight to save the Achaean armies. Call up your courage, no cringing panic now. At other points on the line I have no fear of the Trojans' hands, invincible as they seem. Troops who had stormed our massive wall in force, our men-at-arms will hold them all at bay. But here I fear the worst, I dread a breakthrough. Here this firebrand, rabid Hector, leads the charge, claiming to be the son of high and mighty Zeus. But the two of you, if only a god could make you stand fast yourselves, tense with all your power, and command the rest of your men to stand fast too, then you could hurl him back from the deep sea ships, hard as he hurls against you, even if Zeus himself impels the madman on. In the same breath, the god who shakes the mainland struck both men with his staff, and filled their hearts with strength and striking force, put spring in their limbs, their feet in fighting hands. Then off he sped himself with the speed of a darting hawk, that soaring up from a sheer rock face, hovering high, 
swoops at the plain to harry larks and swallows. So the lord of earthquakes sped away from both. First of the two to know the god was rapid Ajax, Oelius' son, alerted Telamon's son at once. Ajax, since one of the gods who hold Olympus, a god in a prophet's shape, spurs us on to fight beside the ships, to tell you he's not Calchas, seer of the gods who scans the flight of birds, the tracks in his wake, his stride as he sped away. I know him at once, with ease, no mistaking the gods. And now, what's more, the courage inside my chest is racing faster for action, full frontal assault, feet quiver beneath me, hands high for the onset. And Telamonian Ajax joined him, calling out, I can feel it too, now, the hands on my spear, invincible hands quivering tense for battle. Look, the power rising within me, feet beneath me, rushing me on. I even long to meet this Hector in single combat, blaze as he does non-stop for bloody war. So they roused each other, exulting in the fire, the joy of battle the god excited in their hearts, and he sped to the rear to stir more ranks of Argives, men refreshing their strength against the fast ships, dead on their feet from the slogging work of war, and anguish caught in their hearts to see the Trojans, troops who had stormed their massive wall in force, they watched that assault, weeping freely now. They never thought they would fight free of death, but a light urging sent by the god of earthquakes rippled through their lines, and whipped battalions on, spurring Teucer and Leotus first with bracing orders, then the fighting Peneleus, Thoas, and Iapyrus, Meriones and Intilochus, both strong with the war cry. Poseidon pressed them on with winging charges. Shame, you Argives, raw recruits, and I, I trusted in you. Certain that if you fight, you'll save our ships, but if you hang back from the grueling battle now, your day has dawned to be crushed by Trojans. What a disgrace. A marvel right before my eyes. A terrible thing. And I never dreamed the war would come to this. Trojans advancing all the way to our ships. Men who up till now had panicked like deer. Food in the woods for jackals, leopards, wolves. Helpless racing for dear life. All fight gone. For months on end, the Trojans would have no heart to stand and face the Argives' rage and bloody hands. But for a moment, ah, but now, quite exposed, far from Troy, they battle around our hollow ships. Thanks to our leader's weakness, our armies slacking off, our men fight with him. They'd rather drop and die by our fast-trim ships than rise to their defense. And what if it's all true, and the man's to blame? Lord of the far-flung kingdom's hero Agamemnon, because he spurned the famous runner Achilles. How on earth can we hang back from combat now? Heal our feuds at once. Surely they can be healed. The hearts of the brave. How can you hold back your combat fury any longer? Not with honor. You, the finest men in all our ranks. Why not even I would rail against that man? That worthless coward who cringes from the fighting. But you, I round on you with all my heart. Weaklings. You'll make the crisis worse at any moment with this. This hanging back. Each of you get a grip on yourself. Where's your pride, your soldier's sense of shame? A great battle rises before us. Look, Hector, the king of the war cry, fights beside our ships, assaulting in all his force. Hector's crashed our gates, he's burst the tremendous bar. His voice shook like a shockwave, the god of the earthquake spurred the Argive fighters on. Battalions forming around the two Eantes, full strength, crack battalions the god of war would never scorn. Rearing midst the ranks, nor would Pallas Athena, driver of armies. Here were the best-picked men, detached in squads to stand the Trojan charge and shining Hector. A wall of them bolt together, spear by spear, shield by shield, the rims overlapping, buckler to buckler, helm to helm, man to man, mass tight, 
and the horsehair crests on glittering helmet horns brushed as they tossed their heads. The battalions bulked so dense, shoulder to shoulder close, and the spears they shook in daring hands packed into jagged lines of battle, single-minded fighters facing straight ahead, Achaeans primed for combat. Trojans pounded down on them, tight formations led by Hector, careering breakneck on like a deadly rolling boulder torn from a rock face. A river swollen with snow has wrenched it from its socket, immense floods breaking the bank's grip, and the reckless boulder bounding high, flying with timber, rumbling under it. Nothing can stop it now, hurtling on, undaunted, down till it hits the level plain, and then it rolls no more for all its wild rush. So Hector threatened at first to rampage through the Argives' ships and shelters and reach the sea with a single, sudden charge, killing all the way. But once he crashed against those dense battalions, dead in his tracks he stopped, crushed up against them. Sons of Achaea faced him now, stabbing away with swords, with two-edged spears, hoisting him off their lines. And he gave ground, staggering, reeling, shouting out to his troops with shrill cries, Trojans! Lycians! Dart and skirmishers hand to hand! Stand by me here! They cannot hold me off any longer, these Achaeans, not even massed like a wall against me here. They'll crumble under my spear, while well, I know. If the best of immortals really drives me on, Hera's lord whose thunder drums the sky. So he shouted, lashing the rage and fighting fury in every Trojan, and breaking out of their ranks, Deiphobus strode. The son of Priam fired for feats of arms, there, thrusting his balanced round buckler before him, step by step on the balls of his feet, pressing forward under his shield. But Meriones, taking aim at Deiphobus, hurled his flashing spear and struck. No miss! Right in the bull's hide, boss, but the spear did not ram through. Far from it. The long shaft snapped at the spearhead's socket. The Trojan had thrust his shield at arm's length, shrinking before the expert marksman's lance. But now Meriones pulled back to his cohorts, stung with rage for two defeats at once. Victory shattered, spear shaft smashed to bits. He went on the run to Achaea's ships and shelters, out for the heavy lance he'd left to slant his hut. The rest fought on with deafening war cries rising. Teucer was first to kill his man, a son of Mentor, breeder of stallions, the rugged spearman Imbrius. He had lived in Pedion before the Argives came, and wed a bastard daughter of Priam, Medisicasti. But once the rolling ships of Achaea swept ashore, home he came to Troy, where he shone among the Trojans living close to Priam, who prized him like his sons. Under his ear, the son of Telamon stabbed with a heavy lance, wretched the weapon out, and down he went like a tall ash on a landmark mountain ridge that glistens far and wide. Chopped down by an axe, its leaves running with sap, strewn across the earth. So Imbrius fell, the fine bronze armor clashing against him hard. Teucer charged forward, mad to strip that gear, but as Teucer charged, Hector flung his lance, a glint of bronze, but the Argive saw it coming, dodged to the side, and it missed him by an inch and hit Amphimachus, Cateus' son, and actor's heir. The shaft slashed his chest as he ran toward the front, and down he went, thundering, armor clanging round him. And Hector rushed to tear the helmet off his head, snug on Amphimachus's brow, the gallant soldier, Hector rushing in and Ajax lunging with a spear, yet the burnished weapon could not pierce his skin. Hector's whole body was cased in tremendous bronze, but Ajax did stab home at the shield's jutting bulge, beating Hector back with enormous driving force, and he gave ground, back and away from both corpses. 
as Argives hauled them from the fighting by the heels, the captains of Athens, Stichius, staunch Menestheus, bore Amphimachus back to Achaea's waiting lines, but the two Eantes, blazing in battle fury, saw to embrace now, as two lions seizing a goat from under the guard of circling rip-tooth hounds, lugging the carcass on through dense matted brush, hoisted up from the earth in their big grinding jaws, so the ramping crested Iantes hoisted Imbrius high, stripping his gear in mid-air, and the little Ajax, raging over Amphimachus' death, lopped the head from the corpse's limp neck, and with one good heave sent it spinning into the milling fighters like a ball, right at the feet of Hector, tumbling in the dust. And then the heart of Poseidon quaked with anger. His own grandson brought down the bloody charge. He surged along the Achaean ships and shelters, spurring Argives, piling griefs on Trojans. The famous spearman Idomeneus crossed his path. He'd come from a friend who just emerged from battle, gashed in back of the kneecap, gouged by whetted bronze. That soldier the comrades carried off, but Idomeneus, giving the healers orders, made for his own tent, though he still yearned for action face to face. And the god of earthquakes only fueled his fire, taking the voice of Thoas, son of Andrimon, king over all Pluron, craggy Caledon too, and Aetolian men he ruled revered him like a god. Idomeneus, captain of Cretans under arms, where have the threats all gone, the sons of Achaea leveled at these Trojans? The Cretan captain Idomeneus answered, Thoas, no man's to blame now, so far as I can tell. Every one of us knows the ropes in war, no one hears in the grip of bloodless fear, collapsing in cowardice, ducking the grim assault. No, this is the pleasure of overweening Zeus, it seems. To kill the Achaeans here, our memory blotted out, a world away from Argos, but you, Thoas, you who are always rock-steady in battle, embrace the ones you saw go slack and flinch, don't quit now, Thoas, urge each man you find. The god of earthquakes answered back, Idomeneus, may that man, that coward, never get home from Troy, let him linger here, ripping sport for the dogs, whoever shirks the fight while this day lasts, quick, take up your gear and off we go, shoulder to shoulder, swing to the work we must just two as we are, if we hope to make some headway. The worst cowards banded together have their power, but you and I have got the skill to fight their best. With that he strode away, a god in the wars of men. As soon as Idomeneus reached his well-built shelter, he strapped his burnished armor round his body, grasped two spears, and out he ran like a lightning bolt the father grips and flings from brilliant Olympus, a dazzling sign to men, a blinding forked flash. So the bronze flared on his chest as out he rushed, but his rough-and-ready aid-in-arms, Meriones, intercepted him just outside the tent. He was on his way for a new bronze spear to use, and staunch Idomeneus shouted out, Meriones, racing son of Mollus, brother-in-arms, old friend, why back from the lines, why leave the fight behind? Taken a wound, some spearhead sapped your strength, or come with a word for me? Does someone need me? I have no mind to set it out in the shelters. What I love is battle. Never flustered, the cool-headed Meriones took his point. Idomeneus, captain of Cretans under arms, I've come for a spear to fight with. If you still have one left inside your tents, I've just splinted the lance I used to carry, smashed against his shields, swaggering Diophobus. But the Cretan captain, Idomeneus, countered, Spears? If it's spears you want, you'll find not one but twenty, all propped on my shelter's shining inner wall. 
Trojan weapons stripped from the men I kill. It's not my way, I'd say, to fight at a distance, out of enemy range. So I take my plunder, spears, bossed shields, helmets and breastplates gleaming polished bright. And so do I, by God, the cool Mariones blazed up in his own defense. They crowd my ship and shelter, hordes of Trojan plunder, but out of reach just now. Though I never forgot my courage, I can tell you, not I, there at the front where we win glory. There I take my stand whenever a pitched battle rears its head. Another Achaean armed in bronze may well be blind to the way I fight. Not you. You are the one who knows me best, I'd say. And the Cretan captain, Idomeneus, answered warmly, I know your style, your courage. No need for you to tell it. If we all formed up along the ships right now, our best men picked for an ambush, that's where you really spot a fighter's metal, where the brave and craven always show their stripes. The skin of the coward changes color all the time. He can't get a grip on himself. He can't sit still. He squats and rocks, shifting his weight from foot to foot, his heart racing, pounding inside the fellow's ribs. His teeth chattering, he dreads some grisly death. But the skin of the brave soldier never blanches. He's all control, tense, but no great fear. The moment he joins his comrades packed in ambush, he prays to wade in carnage, cut and thrust at once. Who could deny your nerve there, your fighting hands? Why, even if you were badly wounded in battle, winged by a shaft or gored by a blade close up, the weapon would never hit you behind, in neck or back. It would pierce your chest or guts as you press forward, lusting for all the champions, lovely give and take. On with it. No more standing round like bragging boys. Someone will dress us down, and roughly, too. Off you go to my shelter. Choose a sturdy spear. Mariones, a match for the rapid god of battles, ran for the tent, seized a fine bronze lance, and hot for action, rushed to catch his captain. And he went on to war, as grim as murderous Ares. His good son Panic stalking beside him, tough, fearless, striking terror, and even the combat-hardened veterans, yes. Both of them marching out of Thrace, geared to fight the Ephiri, or the Phlegians, great with heart, but they turned deaf ears to the prayers of both sides at once, handing glory to either side they choose. So on they marched, Mariones and Idomeneus, commanders of armies, strode to battle, helmed in gleaming bronze. Mariones first asked, Son of Deucalion, where do you say we join the fight now? Right of the whole engagement? Work the center, or go at the left flank? That's the place, I think. Nowhere else are the long-haired Argives so outfought. The Cretan captain, Idomeneus, answered quickly. Plenty of others can shield the ship's midline. The two Iantes, Teucer, the best Achaean archer, an expert too at fighting head-to-head. -head. They'll give Royal Hector his fill of blows. Strong on attack, glutton for battle as he is. Berserk for blood, he'll find it uphill work to beat their valor down. Matchless hands at war, and gut our ships with fire, unless almighty Zeus should fling a torch at the fast-trimmed ships himself. When it comes to men, great Ajax yields to no one. No mortal who eats Demeter's grain, I tell you. One you can break with bronze and volleyed rocks. Not even Achilles, who smashes whole battalions. He would never yield to him in a stand-up fight. Though when downfield racing, none can touch the man. So lead us on to the left flank. We'll soon see if we give our enemy glory, or win it for ourselves. And as quick as the god of war, Mariones led the way till they reached the front, his captain pointed out. When the Trojans saw Idomeneus fierce as fire, him and his aid in arms and handsome blazoned gear, they all cried out and charged them through the press, and a sudden pitched battle broke at the ship's sterns. As gale winds swirl and shatter under the shrilling gusts, on days when drifts of dust lie piled thick on the roads and winds whip up the dirt in a dense, whirling cloud, 
So the battle broke, storming chaos, troops inflamed, slashing each other with bronze, carnage mounting, manslaughtering combat bristling with rangy spears, the honed lances brandished in hand and ripping flesh, and the eyes dazzled now, blind with the glare of bronze, glittering helmets flashing, breastplates freshly burnished, shields fiery in sunlight, fighters plowing on in a mass. Only a veteran steeled at heart could watch that struggle, and still thrill with joy and never feel the terror. The two powerful sons of Cronus, Zeus and Poseidon, their deathless spirits warring against each other, were building mortal pains for seasoned heroes. Zeus willing a Trojan victory, Hector's victory, lifting the famous runner Achilles' glory higher, but he had no lust to destroy the whole Argive force before the walls of Troy. All the father wanted was glory for Thetis and Thetis's strong-willed son, but Poseidon, surging in secret out of the grey surf, went driving into the Argive ranks and lashed them on, agonized for the fighters beaten down by Trojans, and his turning outrage rose against great Zeus. Both were gods of the same line, a single father, but Zeus was the elderborn, and Zeus knew more. And so Poseidon shrank from defending allies out in the open, all in secret, always armed like a man the god kept urging armies on. Both gods knotted the rope of strife and leveling war, strangling both sides at once by stretching the mighty cable, never broken, never slipped, that snapped the knees of thousands.